We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now we're in a transition a little bit. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 in the score. We, of course, broadcast through the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by local Hyundai dealers. Want to thank them for their contribution. Thanks to Evan Thomas. He gets us up and running and motivated and, uh, and twitching every morning, and we appreciate it. And thanks to everyone for calling and texting and emailing. Also, thank you for listening on this Wednesday, January 25th already. Yeah, can you believe it? Really something special. Uh, thanks to our executive producer. He is Mr. Dustin William William Rhodes. No, they have a good team. I mean, they had some lean years without getting too much into their build. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase. <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's the uh, the the Bills uh, GM Brandon Bean <laughs> and uh, he's he's not giving an inch despite uh, that uh, home loss uh, and thanks to you Brandon Fryer for your great work this is a punch to the gut man a punch to the gut from the Bulls from the Sox everywhere you looked yesterday a lot of gut punching uh, and we uh, we are delighted to welcome in uh, it is a Wednesday so we've got Layla Rahimi yes and Mr. Lawrence Holmes. Yes. And Dan Bernstein is with us, too. Oh, no. You have got to be kidding me. Hello, everybody. How are you? Uh, hey, good. Uh, yeah. How you doing? <laughs> we're yeah. we're yeah, good. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, there's... Yeah. There's a lot of stuff it's, to try it's to. It's one of those days that bad. you, you mm-hmm. just want to talk about something positive again. And it was, seemed like it was a little period of time there where there was something, you know. But today's like, eh, the Bulls, no. Socks. Eh. Well, it's how far the Bulls fell, too. I mean, well, if that you, was when it. you watch the game and how much fun, and even Stacy was saying, like, I hope you're having fun, Bulls fans. I hope you're enjoying this. This is what it's supposed to look like. Watch, look at them share the ball. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then this, and then it's back to ball watching and fouling and Did bad see decisions. Did you how hard it was for Kendall Gill not to cuss on the postgame show? Yeah. Oh, yes. my gosh. It's defensive, some of this stuff. Like, and, and they know they're doing it, and we saw it happening. And Rick Carlisle's just waiting. It just... Having his guys stay the course. You keep doing what you're doing. Right. You keep doing it. And then he saw them ball watching. He saw the my turn possessions. He knew where that was going. And you get a live wire like like Ben Matherin. Whoo-wee, is he going to be a handful? When with Halliburton, this is, this is another team that is you, – you, we watch out for them. Watching Carlisle decide in the third quarter, you know what we're going to do? We're going to trap and double DeMar. And then we're going to see how the Bulls react. Now, initially, the Bulls reacted well. The ball moved around the perimeter. They were able to get some shots. In the fourth quarter, when they trapped or doubled, the Bulls had no idea what to do. Not to mention the use of a zone. Right. Where you are daring them. And and 
Zach, if you're, are you hurt? Is this a torn ligament? Is this a bruised knuckle? Whatever this is. Well, what is but, it? But what, exactly. Well, what is it? What is it? Because and, if it's not bothering you, then it's not bothering you. So for, don't don't talk about it. It's four turnovers in the final two minutes of the game. That's what it is. But is his, is his bad handle and bad decision making have to do with a bad knuckle? I I, I don't think so. But but tell us, are is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Because Carlisle's really like Carlisle's yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll play a zone. Who's who's going to shoot me out of this zone? Yeah. Patrick well, Williams is, in the corner. Who's going to no, shoot Zach's me out of it? Willing. I'm going to. I'm going to take three after three after three. Which is fine if he's healthy. If but again, he was shooting forty percent and he's gone six of thirty six since he hurt his finger. Maybe stop. The seventy points in the second half. Just that's it. That's I, the one. Well, yep. typically it's been in the first half for this Bulls team, and right. unfortunately we saw the script flipped. And well, the Carlisle, worst thing man. was that. Will Purdue nailed it by saying that you talk about Carlisle and the moves he made. It was as if the Pacers knew, well, you know, this is the Bulls. They're going to yeah. let us back in no matter how bad it gets in the first half. They're going to open that door, and we're going to go right through it. They're not going to be ready for us because then they're going to start playing this isolation ball. Then they're going to start doing other things because they are the Bulls, and this is who they are. They don't take the other team's will away. And I'm sitting there, and for the most part watching the first half, I'm going, ah, you know – the, the this Pacers team takes they take dumb shots, um, and I'm going. Oh, th- th- this seems like the type of game that the Bulls are going to be able to to withstand. And then you see how the second half is played, how the third quarter is played, the the coaching adjustment that is made on one side, and that there isn't an adjustment on the other side to counter it. The fact that the Bulls win pressed in situations go back to old habits and those old habits don't allow for their offense to flow or to work and it keeps happening over and over and over again all of us all five of us have talked to experts on the score airwaves that have talked about the importance of the ball going through Vooch now here's the thing we're not talking about old school like like Mully when you covered the Bulls and, and it's dump it down to Cartwright at the beginning of the game to get him feeling good. No, the thing about Vooch is that Vooch can pass and he also yeah. is enough of a threat as a three-point shooter that you have to respect it. But when you go to isolation ball, you, you see what happens. It's the same thing that we discussed with Patrick Williams where Patrick Williams standing in a corner is not an effective use of Patrick Williams. When does he stand in a corner? When they're playing isolation ball. When the ball stops with DeMar or it stops with Zach. You cannot play successfully that way. What do you think the Bulls shot from three-point range in the second half? Oh, Oh, God. It can't have been good. They weren't even taking a lot of threes. What do you think they were in the second half? 0 for 10. (laughs) <laughs> they did 10 attempts they, that's first, it. first it's only merely 10 attempts secondly they didn't an nba team went a half without making a three and here's the other point too that's been made over and over again whether it's by all of us or whether it's by anybody else who knows i don't know a bulls game this season they switched styles of play in the first and the second half and as much as will and kendall were harping on iso ball last night they were also saying Guys trying to get theirs. So who out of the big three had the least points in the box score last night? Wasn't Demar? Wasn't Vooch? Yep. And so what does that mean when somebody says they're trying to get his? Who's he talking to? I thought it was Demar, and I thought and I thought Demar stopped playing defense. But too. when you look he, at your box, well, score, he had five that. fouls. Yeah. 
And there was the the loose ball that he ended up giving up, I think, partially because he had five fouls and didn't want to get his six so, that way. So get 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 the get the ball, get the possession, and get your six, then someone else will, will pick you up. This is the thread that is tearing us apart. The Bulls group thread tore us apart last night. <laughs> this team is ruining us. It used to be about the music. Well, <laughs> at least they were over an hour earlier than usual because they started in Eastern time. That was good. It's true. And then, and then the I'm Hawks came started. Yeah, nine. then the Hawks. Yeah. I, I enjoyed Jason being like, all right, so look, we got to do this quick because the Hawks game's getting ready to start. And and Will was like, nope, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my time and tell you everything that's wrong with this particular here Bulls team. It's very annoying. It's very annoying to watch them. And the fact that after all of the good stuff, you get the win against Golden State. You go to France. You get the win against Detroit. You come back here. You get the win against Atlanta. After they lose, team meeting again. Yeah, it feels like all of that basketball romance they you felt when they went were in Paris is just was shattered with one second half. No, they burned through all that capital. They burned yeah. through all that yeah. capital. They really is is Dragic sick or hurt? hurt. He's sick. Be hurt. Well, Billy said <laughs> we all say something different. Billy said on Monday that he's sick, but it was non-COVID protocol. Okay. Yeah. All right, because they miss him. They, they do. They, they it, miss it, 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 as an inbound passer, sometimes as somebody in a situation to have the awareness to get the ball to the person for whom the play has been designed. I agree, but it's like you have said about Alex Caruso. Dragic is too important. Oh, no he doubt. matters too much to this team. They don't have a. They don't have a point guard when he when he's out, not out there. Yeah. They you can tell right away that it's not going to be a good night. He passes the ball. We anticipates who the open person is going to be rather than having to wait to see the person open. Did you see Dan- the assist-to-turnover ratio? I'm sorry, Moles. I, no, I hear good. you making frustrated sports sounds. No, I was just – I wanted to ask Dan a question before we get out of here because Dan, of course, is not a doctor, but he plays one on the radio. He's not a lawyer, but he does play one on the radio. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, why can't, why can't we get a new – Thing going with MLB where they just tell people like, no, no, don't sign that guy. You don't have to reveal anything, but just say, no, you don't want to do that. That does exist. That's called actually talking to people around the league. Due diligence. Yes, it's so called you, vetting. So you're blaming you're blaming the White Sox yes. on this, not MLB for supposedly the Players Association. They 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 can't say anything. They can't do anything. This is okay. Molly, I'm 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 right there with you with the league where I don't even necessarily need details, but right. I I do wonder if if they're can they say hey um this Red player list. this yeah. player is is under investigation well, listen, if he, and and that be if, the end if, of if it. he were involved in PEDs you get, you better believe he would likely be implicated oh, in some way oh, yeah. look it's a private business <laughs> somebody else's stats may be more important it, this is it's a private business this is an business. embarrassment yeah, they, they allow this to be a public relations player. embarrassment yeah, they, this they, is player versus non-player you right. could, and it's the union will have a say in this and because some of this would sound collectively bargained obviously that perhaps the league can't do something like that unilaterally that the players would have to have a say if if they wanted but i would think the players want it too it protects everybody yes there's got to be a method there's got to be a mechanism every team has a director of security there's got to be a way to share information about mlb's investigative arm we are investigating this player for this offense and without it getting out of the small tight circle of of executives 
that they have to know these things before they go down that road. Well, I also think that an an agent with some degree of integrity, especially one as powerful as Seth Levinson, who represents a lot of of MLB players, what's your relationship going to be like with teams if I mean just if hey Seth, I know you 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 concealed this before you got your guy fifteen million dollars a year before you knew this was happening. You and your client knew this was happening. How many other of your clients? Are you going to do this with? You know, there's some reputational things here where as an agent, to, to be above board, I know that you're paid to represent your client. But next time you sit down at a table with an MLB team, they're going to have questions about you. You know what? Just follow the path that you did with Trevor Bauer on some of this stuff, too. Just set the precedent now. And and as a team, as teams, have a, have a policy that says we can't tolerate this well, because I mean, Ozzy said it. Ozzy told you. the contract. Ozzy said, and then you know what that does? That tells other people, don't mess with that team. If you want to do this stuff, don't don't even think about talking to that I, team. I agree with that. The Dodgers did pay Trevor Bauer $22 million to go away, and you respect that move. But in, in fairness, I mean, that came after the MLB instituted the, the penalty. MLB suspended him for two seasons. It was reduced on appeal. So I do wonder about what the protocol is in this case. If, even if the Sox, which they should walk away. Let's no ambiguity it's, it's, here. it's worth it, right? It's, it's worth it's it to worth, eat the $12 it, million. Yes, that, that's the price of integrity, if you want to call it that. But are they waiting for MLB to complete this so they can act and then the Sox respond in kind. I don't know. But well, you know what? Major League Baseball showed you that they can act and then everybody's hands are are less involved. Well, we're two and a half weeks from pitchers and catchers and we all know that this is around the time where guys are showing up. Like pitchers especially are usually at the facility. Yep. Where is he right now? That's a that's don't a know. wonderful but the question. Onus, as much as we want to point the finger at the Sox, it is it is it's warranted this morning. It is all day long until they do something. I think, but right now MLB can place Mike Clevenger on administrative leave, as you think that could be the next step to prevent prevent him from reporting with pitchers and catchers. I can't have him there. Right, right. When you Cannot. open up your no. camp. see, I've been trying to figure out whether or not they can. And I'm not sure he can be placed on administrative leave before spring training begins. That's what, We're going to ask Katie Strang that's, about that a little later that's on. That's a good question. I, I, th- okay. I, think, I think that there's like a league year start time where right now he's, he's sort of beyond the auspices because the team hasn't convened official business yet. However, if he is in Glendale, if he is in White Sox gear using White Sox team facilities – and you having White Sox insurance or whatever it may be, there has to be a way where you can remove him from any daily activities and remove him from your team while not while not making any kind of full final decision by every last rule and, and box to be checked. It's if funny that at the to. end of right, the season last if year, want I, I want to know that they want to. I, I at, at the merest, at the merest, it's one thing to say we're going to cooperate with everything. I want to know at least when the the Addison Russell stuff happened, the Cubs didn't wait. They didn't come out and, and say, "Well, this." And then they they didn't dither, and Theo sat there for an hour and described what's unacceptable, and and what will what represent the organization and what how they, how the future is now in question at the very least. 
And that was, again, the, the full, there was an ongoing MLB they, investigation with an uncooperative victim. They spoke so much about that that, if you recall, Joe Madden actually said a little bit more than he should have. Yep. He said things that weren't necessarily responsible, weren't necessarily appropriate, but he crossed maybe a line a little bit. But it was because the Cubs were interested in showing that they you know, were, were not going to just go by the book. They were going to talk about what went wrong here and and how important this was to them. When it comes to the White Sox, we've had questions about their their processes, whether we're talking about guys coming back in, from being injured, what is defined as injured, how do they go about rehabilitating those players, how do you go about deciding who your manager is, how do you go about working your entire defensive issue? This is another process question about the White Sox. I'm just going to throw some names out here because they clearly need to do a better job of vetting at all levels of the organization. Dave Wilder, Tony La Russa, Omar Vizquel, Mike Clevenger. How, how, does, how does your vetting process... Wes Helms. Wes Helms. How does your vetting process work? Because if you actually did like a forensic vetting of Mike Clevenger, who was a guy that was worth doing a forensic vetting of, you would have probably come across this social media post. You would have. You definitely. That's what I was saying earlier, and that's not exactly the most damning of evidence, and it would never hold up in court and all those things. It but doesn't you know have to. I know that. That's the point, is that you're not trying to make a case in a courtroom. You're wondering if you should bring a guy into your clubhouse or bring a guy into your organization. All you need is the slightest thing. Do we want to spend $12 million on this or not? Well, you know what? There's a couple of red flags. and you know, Do you know who his best friend is? <laughs> I mean, these are the kinds of things you don't need anything but a computer and a laptop yeah. and know how to use Google to find out. What uh, what have you guys got today? A lot, including <laughs> uh, some discussion of that Bulls meltdown last night. Mike Florio will join us at 11. Robert Mays at 12.25. Katie Strang, the senior investigative writer at The Athletic, will be with us at 1 o'clock as well. Have a great show. Okay, have a great one. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.